Left. Right. Hello, and welcome to Season 3 of Sip Talk. We've made it 156 episodes so far, so thank you guys for taking part. Thank you guys who have interacted with the podcast, commenting, liking, subscribing. It all helps, so I appreciate that. Uh, today's a pretty interesting episode. We're talking uh, a bit about Elizabeth Holmes of Thanos, who had a medical technology company, and uh, she just got convicted. Uh, we'll, we'll get into that, share with you what happened. Uh, we're also talking about some of the changes we'd like to see happen over the course of the following year. 2022. So uh, on that, Happy New Year, my friends, and I will see you on the other end. This is Sip Talk. Grab a drink and enjoy. Cheers. 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 We got a new season, a uh, new setup. We got the same cast. My name new is year. <laughs> new year. My name is Justin DeGiulio. This is Sip Talk. Today I'm joined by James, the Bosnia of Boswell out of Charleston, South Carolina. James is a philosopher, an accountant, a professional referee, and a pre- professional bartender. Damn, that's a mouthful. And this is episode 156. So uh, I'm gonna check. I'm gonna check the uh, the live streaming here, which is. Uh, Sounds to me like it's about to be a clusterfuck, but we'll see how it goes. We'll see what that looks like. Uh, in the meantime, yeah, there's a- actually absolutely nothing on Instagram. It's just both of our faces cut off, so that's not that's not great. Hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't know how to manage that, but uh, I'll play around some settings here. So, look, I, uh, we got a few things to talk about. We got some current events. We haven't had a. Couple I'm seeing episodes. Twitch working. Twitch is working. All right. So if you guys are listening to us, you can catch us live on youtube catch us live on facebook twitch twitter pretty much uh anywhere else i see lisa on youtube nice to see you checking out youtube lisa we can see your comments more or less real time so that is pretty cool um i don't see how i can type back to chat no i don't you could try no it doesn't there's no like place for me to input you don't have a anyways let's let's just, just jump into it man yeah, so so what I want to do, I want to cover the last couple of weeks. Obviously, end of uh, end of the season, we skipped a couple of episodes so we can sit back, enjoy the holidays, enjoy some cocktails while we enjoy the holidays, and uh, and now we're back, and some things have been happening over the last couple of weeks. I want to start off. Uh, so the plan today, we're going to talk about a little bit of current events, and then we want to talk about what we'd like to see happen in the coming year, twenty twenty two. So. Uh, What's been going on? How, how were your holidays? You did some traveling or you stayed in? No, no. Um, everyone traveled to me, which was ideal. That That is nice. So uh, did you did you cook? Um, yeah, we did a fair bit of cooking, a little bit of eating out. We did uh, like a big prime rib roast on Christmas Eve. Okay. And then a couple little small projects here and there. Played a whole bunch of pool with uh, my brother and my neighbor and really didn't do all that much. It was like we had to work the first four days of the week, so there was only so much that we could do during the day. Played a little bit of golf. Nice. Your, it was, family, it was uh, your family got to uh, 
got to be on vacation though. They mm-hmm. got to relax while while you and your brother were working throughout the day. Yep. And so it was nice for them and overall stressful for you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, that's um, good. What did you do for New Year's? We uh, did a little family New Year's party, um, and then uh, drank a lot of scotch, man. A lot. I tried. I tried. I tried to drink three. So they were small glasses. I tried to drink three glasses of water in between each glass of scotch. But as you can see, I tend to pour pretty heavy. Yeah. I didn't bring the bottle with me, so I just gave myself a, a pretty heavy pour here. And uh, woke up pretty hungover the next day and then drove uh, drove up to Albany, hung out with uh, my friend George, who's been on the podcast before. And uh, he just bought a house, so we got a nice tour of the house, cooked some food. We had a pretty relaxing time once we got up there. But I will tell you that super hungover drive on the way up was tough. And uh, driving up the, th- the north way or the through whatever it's called in New York State Almost all of the rest stops were closed down for renovations. It was it was wild. So all I wanted to do was get some coffee, and I didn't get coffee until about two and a half hours into the drive. So, so it was a rough it was a rough commute up there. Um, and I, I might have some funny stories about the trip up to up to Georgia's, but we'll uh, we'll get there in a in a minute. And plus, uh, I told you we hosted Christmas at the at the house here in Jersey, mm-hmm. and uh, I was in a mad race to finish the basement and I had the walls needed to be painted. The ceiling needed to be uh, finished being patched and sanded. Uh, floors went in. I had to hire help to help me uh, the day before Christmas Eve. So it was like a mad dash uh, to get a bunch of stuff done here. And it's well, now uh, it no longer looks like you're in prison. So, well, I just, I, all I did, I actually, we, uh, we put the, the new floor in this area in the basement, and I'm starting to build a setup over here. I don't know if you can see. I got, like, the receiver over here and the record player. I got, you know, it, it'll get there. So, but it looks like this is going to be the foreseeable future, the background for the podcast. So, but it's nice to be nice to be back on air. Nice to be catching up with you. Anything else I'm missing? Anything else going on I should know about? No, man. I live a pretty boring life when I'm not on, on, on the cast. Uh like I didn't go anywhere for New Year's, and then like New Year's Day, I played in a golf tournament. So, you yeah, know, how, did you did you how did you do in the golf tournament? Um, it was a full, like teams of four, and I'm guessing that we probably finished middle to like bottom, like probably between fifty and seventy fifth percentile, which, okay. given our skill, is a good result. That's not bad. That's not bad. Because um, <laughs> four people splits up the responsibility of having bad skill. <laughs> so, well, yeah, uh, it's, it's best ball with four people. So, like, when I when I play golf, I'm usually between, like, 95 and 100 as my score. And with four of us, we shot a 69. Okay, the winning yeah. score was, like, a 54. Ah, but that's still not that bad. Yeah. So you played with some people that had a little little more skill than you did. No, we're all about the same skill level. All right. Um, yeah, so we're getting some comments on uh, on Instagram here about how our uh, our video is off. So that's that's kind of a bummer. I'm, I'm not I'm not quite sure how to get there, but uh, uh, either way, either way. So we're in we're in 2022. What's so I think that you know what you mentioned right off the bat was probably the most interesting news that uh, that's happened since we. We've been, you know, uh, shut down for the holidays, and that's the Theranos uh, uh, conviction, I guess. Uh, there are a whole we, bunch of interesting angles to it, too. 
Well, I'm curious. I have some opinions on that. I'm curious what, what yours are. Well, it's, it's a well-studied case in accounting and business for fraud. And especially the, the lady who just got convicted, the way that she marketed herself where she emulated a lot of the things that Steve Jobs did. She dressed the way that Steve Jobs did. Yeah, and that like, was, yeah, that, that was uh, her, the emulation of, of Steve Jobs, I think was the one thing that made me kind of dislike her the most. There were a whole bunch of other things that made, make her dislikable is she artificially lowered her voice. And like, when you listen to her talk, it's creepy sounding because <laughs> it's such a low voice and you can tell that like, she's kind of like straining to do it. Um, <laughs> but what, what I think is really interesting is how she demonstrates a lot of the characteristics of a, of like a sociopath where she will do whatever she has to do to get what she wants. So mm -hmm. when she was trying to rise up in the business, she tried to emulate what she saw as successful men in the tech sphere. And that was dressing like Steve Jobs and talking with a low voice and being commanding about things. Then as soon like after she was charged and went to trial and everything, like there's a theory out there and I can't verify it, but that she had the baby, that she got pregnant and have a baby to make herself a more sympathetic character to the jury. And the way that she dressed going into the trial was instead of having like her hair slicked back and like just like a pulled back straight hair ponytail and everything like that, she had it in a more like feminine kind of like wavy curls. And like she, she totally, she took the angle of I'm a tough like tech entrepreneur when she was trying to build the business. And then when she went to court, the angle that she took was I was a victim of abuse and I couldn't have known better because I was too young to be making the decisions that I was making. You can't have it both ways. No, you, you can't have it both ways. So for those of you who aren't familiar with, uh, is it Elizabeth Holmes? Is that the, yes. Elizabeth Holmes with Theranos? Mm -hmm. So Theranos was a company that purportedly made a blood testing device and it would test for all number of diseases. Is that is that accurate? Yeah, the, the, the appeal of their device was that with just a single drop of blood, so like one pinprick of your finger, exactly. like the machine would be able to run all sorts of tests that previously required a lot more blood and probably more invasive tests. Well, if anybody's given blood for the sake of any medical venture uh, anytime over the last decade, you know they typically take vials and vials of blood. They don't, you know, we're not talking a uh, pinprick. Like this isn't, uh, you know, an insulin, insulin right. test. This is, you know, yeah. testing lots and lots of blood they put into vials and then they put into the centrifuge and uh, they do a lot with this blood so the idea to have one device that could test for a lot of different different things uh, with a small amount of blood is a great idea and, and there was yeah, one problem though which which is it didn't work exactly and that's and and I think as so, so my understanding is that she was bullshitting people with the idea in mind that she would at some point get it to work and it would pay off. I don't, I don't think she was just enjoying the ride for the sake of the ride. I think at least at some point 
that she thought this was this was doable. And so that's that's a huge question that I don't know the answer to. But when it comes to fraud, like she she admitted on um, on trial that like she took other pharmaceutical companies' logos and like pasted them onto reports for her company to saying like yeah this test came back correct. So she knew that the machines didn't work and actively wor- made it seem like they did. So yeah, it wasn't and- just like maybe she maybe she thought that at some point in the future the technology would be viable, but during the time that she was trying to get investors to buy into the company, she knew that it didn't work and was making it look like it did work at the time. And, and that's a, it's a much harder sell to say we've got this technology and it might be good in a couple years versus we've got this technology that works really well right now. We just need money to scale up manufacturing and marketing. And that's where a lot of fraud was committed. And she got quite a bit of venture capital and uh, she took money from people misleading them, you know, with false information. And that's, that's when it became, you know, her having a dream and working her way to the dream you know, uh, and justifying the means, you know, is a great, you know, in theory, like it's, it's, it's nice, but really it's illegal when you're defrauding people. And yeah. And it's all about the representations that you make. And so if she had said the technology is not there yet, but with more investment, we think that it'll be viable, then she probably wouldn't be in trouble. But it was that the, the machines were being used on real people and real people were getting real test results that were really wrong. Like a woman who thought, like who's who was tested for something, and it came back as she had had um, breast cancer in the past. Has a test done by Theranos, says the breast cancer is back, which you know that's not great news, and that's going to cause all sorts of distress. Turns out she didn't have breast cancer; like it was still in remission, but the test said it did. So, again, it's not that their technology didn't work; it's that they lied about it. Yeah, and that's and, and not that's just like white lies, because the other thing that was kind of on trial here is the degree of puffery that exists in the tech space about what your technologies can and can't do. And they finally drew a line at some point saying, Okay, we get that you guys are going to pitch your investment, your ideas as all these great things, but when you're flagrantly lying and saying that something works when it doesn't, now it's fraud. And yeah, at least there's a line somewhere. Well, and yeah, but it was beyond, it was beyond puffery. And this is a woman who was at one point the youngest and wealthiest female in the world. And, and, you know, that's, so that's kind of how quickly and how high she skyrocketed. But I I read today that like 22 or something. Yeah. Super young, which is not, you know, I find myself sometimes in scenarios where I have, no past experience to draw from and have to come up with conclusions, which at times in retrospect, I've looked at the conclusions and the actions that I've taken and said, damn, you know, in retrospect, that was not the right choice. At 22, you have a lot less experience to draw from. So, you know, you put in these novel scenarios and you have to come up with a, a solution. And that, uh, it's a tough place to be, you know, uh, when you're leading a multi-billion-dollar corporation, where making a wrong decision can really fuck you and everybody and your investors pretty hard. 
Yeah, so, the problem is that she didn't make just one wrong decision. Well, she made yeah, she made quite a few, and she made a habit of it, which doesn't make it any better. I also I read today though that Biden, uh, when he was he was vice president at the time, toured their lab uh, in 2015, and uh, they had created a fake lab for him to tour. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine they just created. Yeah, yeah. They had like an entire batch of like fake machines and everything, and so like they would get samples in from people, and then like pretend to run them and then like they so let's say they got a vial of blood from somebody they would be like see we only need one drop and they put it in their machine and they'd be like yeah we'll have the results back to you in a week and they take the rest of that vial and send it to an actual lab that could get actual results yeah yeah which a great idea great idea but i it, it sounds to me like technology is is nowhere near where it needs to be to uh you know to get anywhere near what she you know what, what she's purporting her devices could do and it, and it's a shame that you know and, and and this is kind of where i have mixed feelings because i i feel like to a degree she had this great she had this great idea and she was doing everything she could to to reach that goal but again the end doesn't always justify the means and when you're defrauding i mean i've got a great idea i would like to i i think that it would be great to no longer have to fly anymore teleportation you want to go to atlanta like (laughs) all right you're there how about jfk yeah you're there too um madrid (laughs) london new york city cool um i'm taking investments from anybody that's interested um the technology is still in its infancy well, one, you you can't sell it as infancy. It needs to be it needs to be somewhere in its adolescence. Two, you got to become a much better salesperson. You're gonna have to lower your voice, and uh, we're gonna <laughs> need you to gonna need you to don some black turtlenecks. And, uh, and I have I think, to. I think you're there. I think you know with the turtlenecks, especially you'll uh, you, you home run from there. So yeah, just, and so uh, and, and, and for my first test, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna get a set of identical twins. <laughs> that's 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 brilliant that's uh the illusionist the movie with uh uh hugh jackman and uh i don't know some other people i think scarlett johansson's in it uh you he, know he just actually... build, like a fancy looking box mm-hmm. one twin will walk into the the box in, in in new york city and then like we'll like have at times that the lights flash in the the box in london the other twin will walk out and we'll look like we're geniuses I want to. I want to talk about the illusionist, which you're really onto something. Uh, but I want to share. If you guys are watching on Instagram, sorry guys, the video stream is really fucked up today. Uh, those of you guys watching on YouTube, I'm sorry on uh, on TikTok. Thank you for joining. You guys are not getting the full experience either. You guys are going to want to subscribe so you can watch us and listen to us on YouTube. So search Justin DeJulio or Sip Talk on YouTube. However, or Twitch because we can also see Twitch chat in real uh, in real time. True. So, however, if you're watching live. You can watch us live on YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, Twitter, and uh, apparently not so much Instagram. So Instagram kind of going into the new year. We haven't worked out all the kinks. Um, but uh, I want to want to say thank you to uh, to those of you guys who are here, are watching live. Nice to see you guys. I see Malad. I see Lisa. I see uh, Tori, Jules Angel, Modesty, Blaze. Nice to see you guys here. So thank you for joining and uh if you are not seeing the best if you're not seeing the best video you're on the wrong platform so check out youtube or check out facebook um, um twitch twitch works really well oh twitch does work really i just well. tested it 
and search Justin DiGiulio on uh, on Twitch. We'll get a we'll get a sip talk stream up there sometime soon. So look, I want to tell you about the illusionist because you're onto something. So what they had done was he had created a a uh, a duplicate of himself, and he had this device that would create a duplicate. Well, actually, so so the guy had had somehow had a a, a duplicate of himself created there's some device created a duplicate of him somehow and his competitor who uh who wanted to steal the trick also had a duplicate of, of himself made and the competitor was basically doing the same uh, tricks on stage you know he'd go in one door and throw a ball close the door and then out of the other door would pop out the identical twin and and grab the grab the ball it uh it actually, you know, he got really into it, even though he was kind of following the trick. He was second string, but he actually had been shot in the hand and lost two of his fingers. So the, the twin had to cut off two of his fingers, uh, you know, just so that, which is, you know, imagine that. Like your twin, your twin loses, loses two fingers, so now you've got to cut off your fingers so you can keep doing the same magic trick on stage. I think you're in the wrong business, buddy. <laughs> so, uh, um, so, but get but, this. So this is what the original trick was actually they were using this machine that created the that cloned that cloned the person. So what happened was each time they did the trick, they created an entirely new clone. And what they had to do for the trick, because this is the only way they knew how to do the trick. Are we spoiling the movie now? Uh, yeah, the movie's fucked. Um, they didn't. <laughs> so the 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 one who duplicated the trick actually had a much more humane and solid trick. Um, but they didn't know that what the, the first trick in, involved was a cloning system. And every time they cloned the, uh, the, the magician, they actually had to kill the original. So they would, they'd open a, a, a drop space in the stage and drop the original into a vat of water and he would drown to death. So they, they, they just had all these vats of drowned uh, you know, whatever the magician's name was. You know, there's another way to, that he could have made money off of this one. Is like this was kind of like 19th century London, right? I think something along those lines. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that like meatpacking plant standards were much lower back then. He could have turned like a little bit of extra profit every show <laughs> by by cloning cows. <laughs> no. What are you gonna? How are you gonna dispose of the duplicates? Of the cows, you would you would kill? No, them no, of the, of the people. Oh, I don't know. What you want to you want to send the send the, the duplicates to the meatpacking plant? Yeah, I don't know about that, man. That's <laughs> make, make a couple of extra pounds on every show, and you're disposing of the evidence. So <laughs> uh, that took a turn for towards cannibalism. Um, either way, but, uh, unwitting because the people that are buying the meat aren't going to know. Uh, so yeah, this is, it's Christian Bale and, and Hugh Jackman. Thank you, Malad. And, uh, Lisa, we're glad you can catch us live. Hey, Lori, happy, happy new year to you. Uh, so um, look, the other court case was, uh, Ghislaine Maxwell, Jeffrey Epstein's like confidant or whatever. She also got found guilty of everything. Yeah. This one I had a lot less concern with, but, um, just because it's not something I've been I've been really following, but it, to me, it was also a much more open and shut case. As as clear as the Theranos fraud case was, this one was even clearer. Well, you know, she was she's on record like aiding and abetting this guy in in. There's hundreds of photos of her. 
in recruiting young and underage girls basically in to performing like basically sex and then erotic well, massages and weird well, shit like she, that. yeah she was basically recruiting young girls and that by that i mean like 12 to 16 year old girls to be raped by this guy but also to be to be doing erotic massages and and sexual favors for all of his friends it sounds like as well yeah yeah which is worse so um <laughs> all right open and shut on that one i don't i don't want to talk about that one too much I, I'm just one glad that like that one's done and the only thing that i can hope for is that all the people that she worked for not just the jeffrey epstein who's now dead all the people that were in that circle also get brought down by this yeah well, I, well yeah it, it, it'll be curious to see what happens moving forward or if she just takes the takes the fall for it and uh and life moves on i'm curious about that Oh, and the name of the movie is The Prestige. The Prestige, not the Illusion. Thanks to Malad for that one. Different, different movie I had, but I was, uh, I was close. The Illusionist, um, got to be another another movie about some magicians that probably came out about the same time. Um, so look, so let's let's move on to what we want to see over the coming year. Do you? Yeah, uh, and this can be either for yourself or just like for the world in general. Well, it's. Uh, it's you, me, and uh, anybody that's watching live. We're curious what you'd like to see happen in 2020, uh, whether it's for yourself, yeah, or or yeah. For let us world. know what you guys want. Um, but my list is is not so much for myself, but more so, uh, kind of in general. What do you, you did you make a list, or you just proposed the idea here? Um, I wrote down four things and then got distracted. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, I'll let I'll let you lead the lead the way here. Um, first one, and full disclosure, I have stock in a whole bunch of um, companies that sell pot, but I would like to see pot legalized in the United States in 2022. It's, Is it not it's already legal? It's illegal. It's not legal federally. It's legal in various states, but even for states like Colorado, which was the first, if you are operating a pot dispensary in Colorado, even though it's legal at the state level, it's still illegal on the federal level. And that has a couple of consequences. Being um, what? I'm curious. I'm curious. Well, for one, no FDIC insured bank will deal with you. Oh, okay. Interesting. You can't, you, because you're under the eyes of the federal government in a legal business. And so an FDIC bank can't do, can't have an illegal business as a client. Um, so you don't have a bank account, which makes it really hard for you to run your finances. Um, also, when it comes to taxes, um, these businesses don't get the same kinds of deductions that a normal business does. So if you're operating an illegal business, the only deduction you can take is for cost of goods sold. So whatever the price that they pay to buy the pot, they can deduct that against their sales. But other normal expenses like wages and rent and you know just utilities all the things that go into running a business they're not allowed to deduct so from the point from the from an ownership perspective owning a business that sells pot even if it's legal on the state level your tax liability at the federal level is going to be much higher so your effective cost of running the business is much higher because you're paying more taxes than a comparable business 
Aha. Uh-huh. I, I didn't know any of that. So that's so you'd like to see uh, marijuana legalized federally. Yeah, and I don't even smoke. It's not even – I don't enjoy it. I've done it before. It's not something I like. But but strictly investment speaking. But in investment speaking, and yeah, like a good portion of my portfolio is in the pots. So the pot. per, like selfishly, I would like to see it legalized because then I would make some money off of my investments. But I also think like arresting people for pot is stupid. Yeah, I I completely agree. It's uh, that's a shame. It's uh, Malad says no COVID, no COVID in twenty twenty two. Well, I don't. Well, right now that, we're heading in the exact wrong direction. Yeah, we're we're really fucked here. And uh, you do you know. know what the number was of new cases yesterday? Uh, I have a feeling it's going to be approaching about a million new cases a day. I don't, I don't have any idea what it was yesterday, but I have a feeling we're hit, headed in that trajectory there. Slightly over one million. Oh, so I was, I was actually close. The, mm-hmm. the, re- the reason being is that a lot more people had coronavirus than we accounted for, anyways. Um, but now there's a lot more testing. There's a lot more at-home testing, and I think. You know, if that if it says anything, it says, and I mean, we're speaking about Omicron specifically, but it is a lot more contagious and less dangerous than the other strains. It's less deadly, but it's way more contagious. Yeah, well, less deadly. Yeah, and I think I think we're seeing a lot fewer, considerably fewer hospitalizations and a, a like a sliver of. The death rate that we had for the other. But even if you have a lower percentage of hospitalizations, if you have such a huge increase in the number of people that are infected, it still stresses the healthcare system. True. Because you could have 1% of 100 or 0.1% of 10,000, and it's the same. Well, yes, but, but, but the world, or, the, the World Health Organization and the CDC both have basically declared that, that, they're expecting everyone to get it, uh, and I can't. I can't remember what I'm really? citing, but I, I'd love to. Yeah, um, some of the terminology they use just, just. Uh, but uh, effectively, that everyone is going to get it. So, at this point, uh, I'm wondering why they're not almost pushing us to normalize a little bit more quickly, uh, because if everyone's going to get it, we just need to kind of get this, get this in and out. Uh, I think it's the whole idea of even if we were to accept that, let's just say Omicron is something that 100% of the population is going to get, right? Mm -hmm. Let's assume that to be true, that you still would want to space that out. So that way, if again, let's just, again, 1% of the population that gets it goes to the hospital. If you have everybody in the planet sick at the exact same time, there's no way that the healthcare system can take 1% of the population in. But if you have everybody on the planet get it over the course of a year, then maybe you've got a fighting chance of the hospitals being able to handle the small percentage of people that need to go there. So you still want to make it a gradual thing and slow down the spread as much as possible, even if the spread is, for the purpose of this argument, inevitable. Uh, Lori says she wants a break from coronavirus. She wants to go back to Paris. Lori, book book the damn ticket. All right. The uh, uh, from uh, from France. What I'm reading online, it's saying is if you have symptoms, you'll be required to quarantine, or if you have a positive test, you'll be required to quarantine. But uh, if so, maybe if your negative, stay in Paris will be longer. If you if you're negative, 
uh, and you've been vaccinated, just book the damn tickets, get in the plane, go live your life. Uh, well, that's the other problem with Omicron is that it's passing through vaccinations much stronger. Yeah, but also we're seeing that vaccinated people, I mean, like literally I've seen almost every single person in my office, uh, you know, coughing or very lightly sick over the last month and a half. And even though there's there have been some negative tests, I'm still convinced everybody has it and has had it. Um, but... Uh, Lori asks, why don't I open a place where it's legal, hire someone to run it? I'm not, is, is that in regards to a pot dispensary? Well, that's what it, in the U.S. you're saying it's not federally legal, which makes right, fi- which makes which makes the running the finances of running that business very difficult. So what you're saying is, if at some point it becomes federally legal, the uh, financial aspect of running the business will have a, a lot less burden on it, and the businesses will be able to flourish better in your stock and your portfolio. Yeah. In reality, all I'm asking for is for the businesses that sell pot to be on an equal playing field with a, a legitimate business. Like if, if, if you run, I don't know, a shoe store, then you are currently at an advantage. If you sell a million dollars worth of shoes or you sell a million dollars worth of pot, the million dollars worth of shoes will be an easier business to run, even if the two businesses make the same amount of money. Like you sell a million dollars worth of shoes and you make $200,000 profit. The million dollar shoe business will be a lot easier to manage financially. Well, currently, you're saying. Yes. Yeah, and that's currently. all I'm saying is that, like, for pot businesses, they're currently playing at a significant disadvantage. And I want that. I just want an equal playing field for these businesses. Yeah. Um, so, so look, here's here's one thing that I got that I'd like. Are we, are we good on the, uh, the marijuana front? All right, cool. Uh, so what I'd like to see in 2022, um, and I think it's, I think it's possible now more than ever, is a change up in the political parties. I'd like to see, uh, I'd like to see a third, a third party kind of rise out of. And so when when I say third party, I think a lot of people are going to assume that that's going to be like super right or super left. But uh, what I'd like to see is a more centrist party uh, rise up. And unfortunately, I don't think that'll be what will happen. I think we'll see a a hard right party uh, appear before we see a, a hard left party appear. Um, but I'd love to see a more central party appear. Um, I would like to see like 10 more parties that are all viable. Well, that would, you know, that, that would be great too. Um, if you look at European politics, if you look at like the German, German pol- parliament or whatever, they have members from like eight to 12 different parties in parliament at any one time so you never have one party that has the majority it's the power is split up among a number of different parties and then those parties need to get together and three or four parties need to kind of form a coalition and say hey we'll work together and we'll be the ones running it so i've got 20 percent. you've got 15 percent. that other guy's got 10 percent and we'll take that guy with 7%. Now we're at 57%. We can roll. Yeah. Uh, I think I think 8 or 10 or 12 different parties is 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 tough. Uh, but I do think if the if the majority 12% majority um, 
that that leaves a lot more people just kind of having to suck it up. Um, and well, it forces compromise. Yeah, but it forces a lot more people to compromise than right now we're at like 50% and 50% or 49.9 right. and and you know, it's so so right. so you if have, you have 75% having to compromise on something, then you're going to probably get a better result. Yeah, and uh that's that's exactly what I'm what I'm saying now, you know, the, a lot of parties is tough, but also I think we have right now, I'm just a, a, afraid that the uh, factions that we'll have will be so extreme that that's not really a, a great thing. We would have, if, if it was only three or four parties, then yeah, I think you're right. You'd have the Democrats and the Republicans right now, and then you'd probably have an extreme left and an extreme right form as well. But if you started diluting things down, once you probably got to like party six or seven or eight, then you'd probably find some party that's going to be a compromised centrist party. Yeah. What do you, what other parties do you think would uh, would pop up? Well, you have to think about the political spectrum, not in terms of left right, but in terms of like authoritarian versus libertarian and like social like you have to think about socially conservative versus socially liberal and fiscally conservative versus fiscally liberal. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of like six axes. And so you could have like a very religiously conservative party that would also be like fiscally liberal or fiscally conservative. But you could have like for libertarians, for example, they're going to be socially liberal, but fiscally conservative. So libertarians wouldn't get along with the religious right because the libertarians are going to want government to let people do whatever they want to do socially. You want to, you want to have gay marriage? You want to look at whatever kind of porn you want? Go right ahead. That's a libertarian view. But yeah. <clears throat> so, and same what? thing with like foreign foreign intervention is like the religious right would probably be much more likely to intervene in some foreign conflict, whereas libertarians would be like, we don't want any wars. Like, how does how does us spending money bombing some other country benefit us in this country? Yeah, well, I mean, that, depending on who and what and why. And then there's also the environmentals where, like, you've well, got... So, hold, hold on that. That was that was the next point that I was going to make. And, and sorry to cut you off, but I'm hoping we can include it in the conversation. But I'd like to see in 2022 some profound climate solutions... Uh, that are just going to be really tough and ultimately kind of shitty for a lot of people. But I think I think we need to have some faster climate action. Uh, you know, as much as I think it's almost too late, but I think we need some hardcore climate action. So when the well, it's never party... too late because no matter how bad it gets, there's always a point where you can start trying to make progress the other way. True. Yeah. I, I, you know, too late in in certain respects. Well, it, it, you could say it's too late to avoid mild to moderate effects, but the the longer you go without doing anything, the worse it will be. Yeah, very. Think about it. Like if you start doing meth and you've done it for a week, there's already going to be some problems. Now you've done it for a month and you're starting to lose some teeth. All right. Now you've done it for three years and you have no teeth left. Well, if you had stopped at a week or if you had stopped at a month, 
you might have been able to reverse some of the worst effects of it. And eventually you're going to end up dead. So there's never a bad time to quit meth. <laughs> and there's never a bad time to start trying to do the right things globally to fight climate change. Well, the no, problem you... the problem is that right now the reason why nothing's happening with climate change is that the people that are contributing the most to climate change have no incentive to stop. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that's and that's why I said it's going to be shitty for you know, whatever whatever amount of people which, which It's going to be but... shitty for the like the, right now high carbon output is profitable. So we need to make it not profitable. And by making it not profitable, it means that it's going to cost some people money. But you have to think about it as how are they making money right now? By killing the planet. Maybe maybe it's not a good idea to let people profit by killing the planet. And yeah. maybe those people that lose money from killing the planet, not the biggest loss. Um, I I agree with you. I agree with you. What uh, what else is on your, your want to see in 2022 list? Um. I would like to see some more action being taken on student loans. And this is as someone who doesn't have any student loans. What would you like to see happen on student loans? I think that forgiving a certain amount, a dollar amount or a percentage amount of existing student loans or student loans that originated before a given date would benefit a lot of people so what so if you pay for like eight years then you get forgiven something if you have on-time payments for eight years there's a whole bunch of different ways that you can do it you could just say for all student loans that originated i'm just going to pick a date i'm going to say 2020 but it doesn't have to be i'm just i have to make up something so all student loans that originated before 2020 we're giving you we're, we're paying off ten thousand dollars of them or we're paying off 25% of them. Mm -hmm. Or you could have some kind of a payment plan where if you have income-based repayment and let's say you got $200,000 worth of student loans and you, your income-based repayment after 10 years, if you make every payment at a certain amount or whatever, then after 10 years, any remaining balance is written off. There, there's a bunch of different ways to do it and I haven't done the analysis to figure out which way is best, but <clears throat> Something needs to happen because well, what a lot about, of people took out student loans under bad conditions. Well, what about reducing the cost of higher education somehow? And and why is why is it so expensive? You know, well, part why? of it is a supply and demand thing. By making student loans so available, you increased the de you increased the supply of capital. To purchase a, a specific type of good so that so the demand for that type of good went up and that was an ex that good being an expensive education so yeah two, so education supply, the demand for education supply went demand. up yeah. therefore the price for education went up so you also have oh there, there, there's a lot of reform that needs to happen in higher education in terms of the way that they manage their finances where they can probably trim back on a lot of extraneous costs. They don't, and the, I'm thinking about how many 
different offices they had at my college that seemed to do nothing. <laughs> Mostly in the student affairs area. <laughs> um, what, uh, what do you think seems like a reasonable amount of money for a, a, a mid-tier college education? And then what do you think is a good amount of money for a high-tier college education? I, I just don't know. In terms of how much should it cost for you to go to college? Yeah, I mean, again, like you just said, you haven't really looked, looked into it too much. But uh, to me, the cost of education is, is ab absurd. And the fact that you have people in their 40s and 50s still paying off student debt, you know, at that point, it seems like you just should have defaulted somehow and just. So these numbers are outdated, but I think the last time I talked with somebody in the, in the legal field, they talked about how it was almost a quarter million dollars for them to go to law school for like the three years of law school was almost a quarter million dollars. That's that's ridiculous. Yes, it is. Um, but that's also law school. So, uh, I mean, I, and this was not, I, and I'm I'm not even talking about like Harvard Law School or Yale Law School. This was an average law school, not one of the, yeah, the well, that's super why, prestigious okay. well, ones. My, you know, I jumped to conclusions there. Yeah, that seems like an immense amount of money for just three years of education at a at a mid-tier school. Um, so yeah, okay. So I'll, I'll buy on with that. Some some educational cost reform. Uh, and, and if you think about, like imagine you're saddled with, let's say $200,000 worth of student loans, which after a four-year school, even just getting your undergrad degree, $50,000 a year in, in education costs, not unreasonable. There's lots of like Northwestern. I remember this was maybe a year or two ago. I looked Northwestern would have been like $63,000 a year, <clears throat> which puts you at a quarter mil over four years. Well, how many people can afford to buy a BMW every year? Uh, right. Like, you know, when you, right. And, and so if you, if you were to work on forgiving some of these, these student loan debts, maybe you could get more people that are, they could buy housing. But then that causes another problem, which is an even increased demand for housing, which is in a shortage right now. Because like year over year, house prices went up eighteen percent. Yeah, well, that's just recently, but but uh, right, but still, yeah, you're yeah, we have this inflation problem um, in in that sector. I don't know. It's uh, I'd like to see something. We could have we could have a, a maybe another episode about education reform and and educational cost reform and, and uh, loan uh, reformation, something along those lines. Uh, that would you know be who good. I, would like, I would like to get on, and maybe we could bring the your, your friend that does the plastic surgery again, is because um, medical residency and how bullshit of a system that is. All right, I'm, I'm open to that. Let's, uh, we'll, we'll converse off air. Because uh, I want to get to the next thing here, and that is uh, <clears throat> a couple of things. Uh, I'm I'm going to I'm just going to kind of rapid fire them because we're Hit it. we got like 12 minutes left here. Uh, but I'd like to see changes in the news media and kind of you you know going from having an uh, MSNBC 
to having a Fox News to a CNN. I think I think the way that we are fed news and how we consume news needs to change. Um, and then I have breakthroughs in AI. I think we're going to see some big changes with AI moving forward, but I'd like to see it sooner rather than later, just so I can kind of see how that plays out. Um, and then uh, maybe some private wealth funding new areas that that it hasn't, you know, who would have thought private private wealth would be funding space travel or sp space vacation? Uh, that was a dick measuring contest. It was, it was. But if, if I asked you 10 years ago, what's private wealth going to be investing in? Would you have said, you know, <laughs> what I would have said is a dick measuring contest. <laughs> would, would, you know, would you have said trips up into the air and then back down like a, like a shitty amusement ride? No, um, I would have said a dick measuring contest, which would have been far broader, but it would have, <laughs> I would have been right. Maybe not broader for the sake of the, <laughs> the term, but, uh, girthier. <laughs> um, but but my thinking was, uh, you know, like imagine you have a private wealth funding uh, national infrastructure and transportation. You know, would you rather be sitting in shitty traffic going through the Lincoln Tunnel for ninety minutes, or would you rather be on on? Uh, you know, not that Lincoln even funded it; it was funded by the taxpayer. <laughs> Just named but, after Lincoln. Yeah, exactly. Um, but but you, you know, you could go through like some hyperloop type of type of you know thing or something like that. But 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 just new means of transportation and and just private wealth funding other areas of our lives, uh, which I think is actually pretty viable. I th I think there's a good chance that why not tax private wealth and then have public wealth fund fund better ideas instead of allowing like eccentric billionaires to just pursue whatever boondoggles they find interesting at the time why not allocate that money and have local governments that actually know what is needed in the area why not have them do it? i don't i don't want the government allocating the money because they do a shitty job they're very bureaucratic if you've ever watched any public construction happen it takes years and years and years and ends up costing three to four times as much if you're lucky and uh it's just done really shittily when you have a business come in and do something they're looking at the bottom line they're much more involved and the money isn't endless whereas the government basically sees it as endless and uh and i think you know it, just look at housing alone would you rather live in private housing owned by a developer that was created by a developer or would you rather live in uh, in city or, or state housing in, in New York? Because I can tell you one thing. I don't even like being in the neighborhoods of the public housing because it doesn't feel safe, depending. Um, but, you know, it, it's one thing you want to walk around the projects or you want to walk around Hudson Yards, which you have every high-end store. You have Cartier, um, you know. I wouldn't you know. want to live in – you couldn't pay me to live in Hudson Yards. <laughs> well. But – and also to your point about public housing – Imperfect execution in the past does not necessitate imperfect execution in the future. Just no, because but, something but was done shittily. But it's a good indicator of it. Right, but that doesn't mean that you can't do something better with a more intelligent well, approach. Well, whose hands do you want to put that in? Donald Trump and and uh, and his administration or, or Joe Biden and his administration? Because I, I don't have much faith in either one creating better better infrastructure and transportation um, than if a private company was to come up with an idea and be funding it themselves and paying tolls 
you know, the rather problem than with privatizing infrastructure is that you end up right where you just said with tolls and everything else where you have a mismatched system. But but I pay every day, my guess is somewhere between 20 and $30 in tolls. So if they were to build a road right next to the Lincoln Tunnel that was faster and had a comparable toll, I, I, I drive in the road. Um, and yeah, it's... Well, it's, and then you run into the same issue as to why you have like state state sanctioned monopolies and you can think about this with like utilities where you have one utility company services an area even if you wanted to build your own utility company you wouldn't be allowed to because the idea of having like three or four different sets of utility poles all computing competing for the same space is inefficient so that, if you were to have three or four roads all go into the same place then you're just using up space that could be done that could be used for something more wow. useful such I, as housing i i agree with you there but there could be somewhat of a joint venture um, but i definitely i think there's i think there's some opportunity there and and i'd like to i'd like to see some proposals and uh you know i'd like to see some some cool things happen like the hyperloop is is a private idea yeah it's also right? a dumb one well, you know, but it's an idea, and the first ideas it's the first ideas don't necessarily need to be spectacular ideas, but it's a start. So I'd like to see some new ideas come out. Hyperloop does nothing for me, but um, yeah, you know, why not just invest in more pub like public transportation? Or like when I was in Spain, when I lived in Bilbao, I could get pretty much anywhere I wanted with for like less than ten euros. And it was super easy to do. And it wasn't that much slower than if I had my own car. Because yeah. their public transportation system was just good. But our, I don't believe that our government is capable. And I don't... I don't. Why is it that Spain's capable. government was capable of it and ours wasn't? It's not just Spain. It's many other countries throughout the world have, have much better public transit than we do. So and what makes it our government so shitty at doing public transportation compared to all these other countries? Uh, I'm not exactly Are sure. Are we that much dumber than them? Uh, on a whole, probably, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, a lot of bureaucracy. And, uh, but, I mean, it's, it, there's something that makes us much worse at it because you can get on a New York City subway and you can get in the subway in nearly any other country and you get in New York City and you're like, this is third world. And you can go to a third world country and you're like, this is nicer than New York City. It also feels safer and looks cleaner than New York City. So, you know, I'm, I'm speaking about New York City specifically, but, uh, you know, that's that's my It's opinion. true in many cities where the, the public transport systems are not well kept up. And, uh, boy, I mean, that's that's an episode in and of itself that I'd like to well, do Well, look, look, two, two other thoughts, though, is uh, a breakthrough in AI. Uh, no. You, you AI call... needs to cool its jets. <laughs> my my thinking today, because I had to call, who did I call? The bank or somebody. Uh, no, it was the bank. And I called the bank, and then uh, nobody answered at the bank. So it automatically went through to Citibank, like their corporate phone lines. And then I waited another like 25 or 30 minutes for someone at the corporate you know phone center to pick up. And they picked up and I said, uh, hey, I need to do this with my account. And they said, oh, well, you need to call the branch to do that. And I was like, well, I just, 
I just did. And they, you know, I automatically got pushed forward to you, but <clears throat> I had to answer, you know, I had to give them my damn account number. And you're obviously talking to a voice recognition system and there's very little AI involved in that. Um, but my thinking was it would be nice to, I don't mind talking to the voice recognition system if it works and if it's fast. I hate but, both of those things. Well, it, no shit. But if the AI that's controlling that and doing the voice recognition could pass the Turing test, you might not mind so much. And uh, you agree? I do not want a world where we have AI that can pass the Turing test. So for those of you who aren't familiar, the Turing test is a test where uh, the, uh, you have, you have three, three points. You have the, the human user who's asking questions, and then you have a computer who's answering questions, and you have a human who's answering questions. And the human who's asking the questions is basically uh, administering the Turing test and needs to be able to tell which is the human and which is the robot. So yeah, so not- it's can you tell the difference? And passing the Turing test would be an AI that scores basically the same at chance, so 50% with the human exactly so um you know what i'm what i'm getting at is you know talking on the phone or waiting on the phone with the bank uh, it would be nice to be able to have to talk to somebody who i thought was a person no because then you're just gonna be feel feel really stupid when you realize that you've been having a conversation with somebody that wasn't a person well that's you know when they talk about all these like robots being you know oh well the you know, we, we gave the people in Japan robots in the hospital and it really increased their mood uh, and they were able to talk to the robots and shit. Um, I just think, like, what type of people are these that are talking to the Japanese robots? Like, what? Yeah. You know? No. If you send a robot into my room, I say that robot better be here with more drugs. <laughs> Not to have a conversation with you? Yeah. Uh, and then lastly, because we got like two minutes left. Uh, changes into the way it changes to the way the news is delivered and how we consume the news. Cause I think it's getting, it's getting pretty obnoxious. I think it's getting really, really bad. Kind of the bias on the news and you know, the agenda driven delivery of the news. What are your thoughts on that? Nothing that can be done. Well, you don't, you, you don't can complain about it all you want, but there, this is one where I'm really pessimistic about mm-hmm. it. For one, I don't really see it as a huge problem, but... Well, but what do you mean you don't see it as a problem? Because there are a lot of dumb people out there that hear and believe. Yeah, but you can't fix it. Hmm. How can you fix it? Well, maybe a new maybe a new uh, media organization. That... The, the, you want a completely neutral media organization? It already exists. It doesn't, because I listen to NPR. I, you no, know, watch, that's not what I was going to say. What is it, Facebook? No. Oh, no, Facebook's the worst. <laughs> Facebook needs to go away. No, uh, the Associated Press. Okay, uh, fair enough. Um, I actually don't consume much these days anymore from, from the AP, but I used, to, uh, I used to get a lot of content direct from the AP, so I'll have to... Uh, yeah, the, the problem is that the AP doesn't doesn't trigger people to react in the same way that MSNBC or Fox News does. That th- their brand doesn't sell 
the same way that other brands do. So well, and that's what I think needs to go away. I think if it's a, if, if it's if you it can't is, make it. How yeah. are you going to like you? We're in a capitalist society, and unless you want to do away with capitalism, well, but that's and point, governmentally right? restrict what like what news organizations can report on what, then there's no way to to, to get well, rid of this. Maybe we just start drawing a lot of attention and, and creating education to the tactics that these companies that these organizations use to to you know persuade people or dissuade them and to mislead them the problem is that you're not going to be reaching the people you can start with the kids the, the, timer. the problem is the timer, if you get, what we're hitting the timer all right well then we got to wrap it up um all right. on that note i'll uh i'll catch up with you later thank you guys for joining yeah, i'm sorry if you watch by the way me too we'll get there we'll tune it up i'll catch you later right. adios everyone laters this is the other end of the podcast. Thank you for being here. Thank you for making it here. Uh, if you haven't already, please subscribe. Please like. Please rate the podcast. Anything you do, uh, we appreciate. We uh, we need that interaction to grow this podcast. So thank you very much. And uh, thank you for making it into season three with us. Uh, see you guys next time. Adios. I like PBR. I just got priced out of it.